Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 29 of For Your Eyes O-Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. Each week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J. With me as always is my co-host and brother Dave. Dave, how you doing today, bud? Uh, hot. Real hot. Having a uh, hot time somewhere in the city? Yes. Is the back of your neck getting uh, dirty and gritty? Uh, yeah, mostly just because of the sweat, actually. Sure, sure. If you bend down, isn't it a pity that there doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city? Well, you know, it's nighttime now, so the shadows are... There are shadows. Well, you know, David... Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's just night. If well, it's guess, nighttime, are they still shadows, or is it just... Well, Anyways. Dave, I, you may or may not know this, but uh, in the night, it's a different world. You go out and find your girl. Come on, come on, we'll dance all night. Just like the heat, it'll be all right, and hey, don't you know it's a pity? I'm sorry. I've gone way too long on this stupid Yeah, I was going to say, I, no, I was actually... I just sort of wanted to see how long you would go on that. Uh, and, and I guess we have discovered it. We have gone until only I was enjoying it, and even that got a little thin. Dave, uh, <laughs> speaking of things that I enjoy, today we are watching, about, uh, and hopefully you do too, we are watching episode 29 of Cherokee Sentai O-Ranger. It is called Dance, the Invasion Cram School. But before we get into that, Dave, as always, shining in the heavens, there are five stars. Would you like to hear what our first star of the week is? Yeah, for sure. Oh, good. So, our first star of the week, Dave, is that last weekend... Um, so, I, it doesn't matter exactly how many days ago. Last weekend... Uh, I went down to Virginia, or rather Maryland, to go visit our parents, who have just finally, after like six years, moved back from living in Sweden. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is all very exciting. They have like stateside numbers. I called dad because it was uh, Father's Day, and I had to remember that I didn't need to figure out the time difference because they're just in, in Maryland now. Yeah, it's very weird. They just have a regular phone number. Um, and in fact, it's doubly weird for me because... One of the things I did while I was down there is we are all now on the same phone plan. Huh. Okay. So, yeah, for like the, you know, so the first time since my 20s, I guess, uh, we are back on that family plan. <laughs> Although I, I feel, I, I was going to feel a little weird about it, like, oh man, I'm back on my parents' cell phone plan. And then I remember that that's actually not true. Mom and dad are on my cell phone plan now, so it's a little different. Oh yeah, no, that's a very that's a substantial difference. I mean, like in many ways it is similar, but uh, you know, no, you're good. It is emotionally different. Um yeah, so like the whole time I was down there, and listen, it was it was a great weekend. I took like a Friday and Monday off, I drove down, like I got there the same day that they flew in. So I wasn't like meeting them at the airport or anything. But, you know, like I was there the first day that they were back in the States. It was very nice. It was you know, it, it's it is. It has been a rare treat to see mom and dad these last couple of years, and it's exciting that they are back stateside. The actual things that we did on this stuff that I like that was technically a vacation for me um, was not really vacation stuff. It was mostly like helping mom and dad get settled stuff. So it was just like running errands the whole weekend. Like we went to the Verizon store because they did not have phones, and we went to a car dealership because they do not have a car. 
And, like, we delivered stuff to their apartment and went to Target and went to Ikea for a while so they could talk about cabinets. And although that might not sound like a relaxing weekend, since none of it was for my apartment... And it was ah, all like all stuff that, chill. yeah, like it was all stuff that they had to do, but I was just sort of like along for the ride. It was surprisingly chill. <laughs> no, that sounds really nice. Plus, it's always a good excuse to get out to an IKEA because we do not have one in here in Cleveland, and I wanted to get some new couch pillows. Yeah, dude, everything that basically is true of all stuff. Like, I am happy to do what in any other universe would be chores if they are for someone else. Like, as long as it doesn't impact my responsibility like i'm not responsible for it i'm happy to do way more stuff yeah dude like we even went to the dmv so mom could get a driver's license and even that i was like yeah man it's cool we're just hanging out i mean it's the dmv <laughs> whatever <laughs> um anyway so that, okay. that is our first this is a weird thing to, sorry just very briefly if you are in ohio you know this ohio doesn't have a dmv we have a bmv it's a bureau of motor vehicles and uh it just always throws me off. Like, everybody else has DMV, and we just have BMV for no reason. I don't understand why. The, the really troubling part is that I know that we have it different than everyone else, but I can never remember which one is the Ohio one and which one is the everyone else one. Mm. So when, like, and you know, I don't have to go there that often. You know, no, like it's once super a easy, year. man. Just, just think about any joke, and the opposite one is the one that we have. But they rhyme. Like, it's a very similar sound. So, like, I have to Google it once a year, and I have to Google it both ways to be like, okay, look up DMV locations around me. There are none. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, so that, that all uh, is the first star of the week. Dave, what is our second star of the week? So, I actually am also going to be going and seeing Mom and Dad down in Maryland. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, well, Beth and I are about to take a long, long summer trip. Uh, it just sort of happens that we've got We've got a number of things that we have to do, and they're all sort of far enough. We've got a wedding to go to in New Jersey, mm -hmm. and then we have a conference that we're going to in Virginia, and they're sort of far enough away. And the way that it's best to travel with the babies is to, to do long trips over the course of like a day or two, like because it's a summer vacation and I have the time. Yeah, uh, they're just yeah, they're just way easier in the car if you're only in the car for like four hour kind of bursts. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Right. And so the places that we have to go are far enough away that it makes more sense to stay with mom and dad in Maryland for a few days in between the things rather than had like rather than go home. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, I gotcha. Because, like, it's sort of, yeah, like, we would have to go all the way back home from New Jersey and then all the way down to Virginia, whereas, like, Maryland is sort of like a diagonal cut. Um, but the end result of that is that, and, like, and I'm looking forward to each component element of this trip. Like, wedding, weddings are going to be fun. And then the wedding is in New Jersey. It's just outside New York City. Uh, so we're going to see Beth's brothers. And we're going to, like, go to the Bronx Zoo and do some, like, fun New York City stuff. So, like, that's going to be cool. And seeing mom and dad is great. So that's going to be cool. And the conference is great. So that's going to be cool. But I am going to be away from my house for three weeks. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yikes. Um, yeah. It's just, like, I've got a buddy coming over to sort of, like, check on the house and, like, make sure things are cool. It's just, like, man... Oh, three weeks is like a really long time. That is a lot of weeks, my dude. It is. It is a lot of weeks to be gone. Um, but like I said, like each, like it's tough because like each, 
like I am I am not looking forward to being gone for three weeks. Like I'm not. But each part of the trip is going to be fun. You know what I'm saying? So I am just hoping that like my kind of trip stamina. I have discovered uh, actually, Matt, as I've gotten older. So when you read when people read fantasy books, everybody's like, oh, I would be like if I were in Tolkien's world, I'd be like an elf or like, oh, no, I'm I'm not an orc or whatever. Right. Uh, I am. I've discovered a hobbit. That's what I am. You just like to stay home, chill in the hole. Well, you know, say here's the thing. Some people use the phrase like, "Oh, Hobbit, like be introverted." Hobbits are not introverted. Hobbits hang out all the time. Yeah, Hobbits are like, extremely extroverted. Yeah, they're Hobbits super are like social. the most extroverted people in Middle Earth. Yeah, like Hobbits are like, you come over to my place for dinner, and then I'll go over to your place for dinner, and then we can go to a third guy's place for lunch. Right. Yeah. Their extroversion all sort of centers around chilling near home and eating meals as opposed to like going out by yourself to wander on a mountaintop for three years. Yeah, no, that's my jam. Like adventures are cool, but they definitely do make you late for dinner. So I've just discovered, like, I just want to hang out and like see good people and eat good food. Now we are actually going to be eating a lot of very good food. So I'm excited about that. I feel like we should, I'll maybe create like a little segment about all the food that I'm planning on eating because we're going to eat some good New York City food and then some good D.C. food. The food in Virginia will be terrible because we're staying on a college campus. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but New York City and Virginia, just outside D.C., will have very good food. So that's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so what, Matt, is our third star of the week? Dave, third star of the week is that, um, as I mentioned in the first star, one of the things I did with mom and dad was we did like some cell phone switcheroo stuff. Like we went to the Verizon store. Um, but as it happens, uh, when we were there, they were running a special and I had sort of been thinking about doing this anyway. And I had sort of earmarked some money for it. So running a special. Yeah. I had really been thinking about running a special. No, I had been thinking about buying an Apple watch and they were running a special on them. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. So I bought one of these one of these fancy watches, Dave. One of these tiny miracle boxes. Um, yes. How uh how is it? It seems I don't know. Okay. Hmm. Here here is the the pitch that I've been giving people is that I got the This new... is sorry, this is the pitch you gave yourself, is what you're saying. Well, sure, but you're this... just repeating it for everyone. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it. and I'm hoping that they agree with me. So the the pitch is that I got the new one that like can get phone calls even when your phone is not in your pocket. Oh, well that is cool. Right. And um it also with like new stuff that's coming out soon you will be able to just stream podcasts on. I, I can get podcasts on it now through sort of like a, a third-party app that kind of works. But what's cool is that now, like, I just went to the store the other day, and I left my wallet at home and my phone, at, like, on purpose. I left my phone and my wallet at home. I just, like, put my watch on and grabbed my house key and I was able to, like, use Apple Pay from my watch while I was listening to a podcast from the watch and, like, getting any text messages that would be coming in. Uh, and I didn't then, during the course of that walk, have the temptation to just, like, pull out my phone and look at Twitter or pull out my phone and look at Facebook and, like, all of that other stuff. So I'm still connected. Ooh, okay. But I don't have the constant temptation of just, like, well... 
I've got a video game in my pocket. I should probably be playing it during the 30 seconds that I'm sitting down right now. Oh, okay. You know what, Matt? I was about to give you some like some static about buying this tiny ridiculous thing. But that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like it also does a lot of other cool stuff. Like it has all of the like the activity tracking stuff. So it's like, hey, you should stand like you should stand up, you know, like a little bit every hour, if nothing else. And then you should also like exercise this much a day and move around this much a day. Um, and so it has like gamified walking around for me nice. to the point where like a couple of days last week, I was, I looked at my watch and I saw two things. I saw what time it was. It was like, oh, it's like 10 o'clock. And then I also saw how many like calories I still needed to burn for the watch to be like pleased with my day. Like for the ah. watch to be pleased with my day. I was pleased with my day either way. Like but you, I, you know, you were good. You needed to appease this tiny. I, yes. Yeah, I needed to appease my 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 new wrist leash that I wear. Um, and so I was like, well, I mean, I guess I'll just go for a walk. And so I've just been going on a lot of late night walks, like desperately trying to like eke in those last few steps before the the clock switches over to twelve. Uh, last night I missed it by I was out at midnight for a walk and I missed it by 16 calories. So oh, that no. was a heartbreak. Uh, anyway, so yeah, it's uh, it is a new thing that I have, and so I just wanted to talk about it because it's a lot of fun. Um, there, there you go. That's that's the third star, Dave. What is our fourth star? Well, speaking of your Apple Watch, Matt, it's time for. <laughs> We interrupt your regular broadcast of the Super Sentai Brothers to bring you a breaking news update. Baby Watch. So, Baby Watch, uh, man, what is happening? They are, they are just exploding. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Figured metaphorically, metaphorically, uh, metaphorically exploding. No, the baby, no, the babies haven't exploded, Matt. Um, listen, anyways, I, listen, no, I, I so watch a dude, lot of episodes of Sentai, Dave. I just need to be sure whenever yeah, someone no, says so something like on. the baby explodes, I've watched in like probably at least three episodes by this point where that does happen. So their vocabularies are just like blowing up, uh, again, f- metaphorically speaking. Uh, so it's not like that their... episode where when they cry, things explode. It is not like that. So they know a ton of animals, which is rad. They have recently figured out no, which is an important developmental step. And they say it in a really cute way. And they have not yet gotten to the point of like using no to express defiance. So it's still like, it's still endearing and adorable. Right. They're they're expressing a preference and not an insistence. So, uh, Buddy Bear. Buddy Bear is super afraid of the vacuum. I guess just kids sometimes are afraid of the vacuum. And so he will walk over and he will say, Bakum? Like, he'll touch it when it's off. Is it Bakum? He's like, yeah, it's the vacuum. Do you want to turn it on? No. And that's how he says it. It's super adorable. Uh, he spends a lot of time actually preoccupied with the, with the vacuum, which is a little bit concerning. Uh, they can, like, they jump. Now they can like like just both feet off the ground, jump. They're climbing on everything, which is both uh, super cute and good, and also a little bit concerning because oh, they're sure. figuring out how to like yeah, like climb up bookshelves and stuff, and that's not good. Oh yeah, and, uh, oh no, I that, I definitely climbed up a bookshelf when I was a kid, and the bookshelf fell over backwards on me yeah. and buried me in books. Yep, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're trying to avoid exactly that situation. So uh, Beth, my wife, got the toothpick holders. You know the ones like it's a jar and then there's a lid with like a spinny bit on top and you have to sort of line up the hole in the top of the lid with the hole in the top of the spinny bit and then you can shake a toothpick out. Oh, you yeah. know the one I mean? Yeah. So she got those and then she has these little colored dowels and she gave them the colored dowels and they were just putting colored dowels into the toothpick holder for like like 45 minutes just fascinated by these two yeah by just these, like pick up a dowel sticks. put it in the thing pick up a dowel put it, and yeah but like for like 45 minutes because they're just trying to they're like oh man this is okay cool cool i can still do it yeah it's amazing so uh they're doing super well and uh and everything is very exciting with them what matt is our fifth Star of the Week. Dave, fifth Star of the Week is, uh, you may recall I was telling you in the third Star of the Week about a walk that I took where I just had my phone, I'm sorry, just had my watch and my house key with me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you could, like, go and you did all sorts of stuff with just your watch. It was really nice because you didn't have your phone on you, so you sort of weren't tempted to be on, like, Instagram or Twitter or, like, play video games or whatever. Um, Yeah, this was all three minutes ago. I'm sure the listening audience remembers. Uh, so anyways, Matt, you took this walk. <laughs> so I took this walk uh, the other day, and um, one of the things that was nice about it is that I was, you know, I live pretty close to Lake Erie, so I just sort of like swung around, um, and I happened to cross just like a group of my friends already on the beach in like a like a beach hang already in progress. Well, that... That is super cool. Yeah, I am. It is like, that is like the dream of the summer, right? Like you're out for a walk, you're having a day, um, you know, you're just sort of like enjoying a stroll down the beach and then you look over and you see like the, the people who are playing Frisbee over there are people that you already know and you're like, oh, I'm just going to go sit down with them in the extra chair that they brought and now I'm at a beach party. It was amazing. So, I mean, just... uh. Not to throw any weirdness on this, but why weren't you already informed of this beach party? I mean, it, it's it is a semi regular beach hang at that location. I think. I see. Okay. No, no, no. That makes more sense. Uh, and and to be fair, I am not like as much as I love to take a walk down to the beach. I'm not normally a guy who hangs out like once I get to the beach. And so, uh, even if I was invited to something like that, I would usually ignore it. Um, mm. But. Running across it in the way that I did was really lovely, and that's it. Wait, like no, I don't that, have a lot of great yeah, that jokes. That makes a lot about of it. sense from what I know about you. Yeah, yeah. That is the that is the ideal way to come across a beach party because then, like, as soon as I'm done beaching it, which to be honest happens in about a half an hour. Like, I'm not that into just sitting on a beach. I can just get up and leave, and like, there was no expectation of me being there anyway. So I got to enjoy a quick beach party. They got to hang out with me as well. And then, once I left, everything's cool. I just continued to finish my walk, you know, got get those steps in, and headed on home. I, like I said, I don't have a lot of great jokes about this one. It was just a fun thing that happened to me yesterday. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah, impromptu beach parties are the best. So, you know, congr- get, congratulations, Matt. Thank you. You did it. You, you did summer. <laughs> I did summer. I did it right. Uh, you know what else is the best, Dave? Cherokee Centaur Ranger. Uh, specifically episode 29, which we are going to take a break and watch, and then we will be right back. Okay, welcome back. So, we have just finished watching Dance, the Invasion Cram School. Uh, 
This episode is so out there that I actually had to watch it twice because the first time I watched it, I was so like bewildered that I forgot to take notes. It's dude, uh yeah. And it's not yeah, it's not this even the episode it, it's not even that there's like that much bewildering stuff. It's just that there's a few things in the beginning that I kept waiting to be explained. And just that it never happened. And so I just never... It was like, well, I'll wait for them to tell me who this person is before I start writing down the notes so I have some context. And then they never told me. So I never and started then, yeah, writing Yeah, that just notes. never happened. And then you had to... Right. Mm-hmm. So, dude, I mean, like, let's just get into it. Because I don't... It's not going to help anybody for us to just talk about how bewildering it is. So... The opening bit of this episode, before we get to the uh, credit, not the credits, the uh, the theme song, is just a Baranoia dance party. Yeah, and the weird thing about it is that this Baranoia dance party does not then occur again later in the episode. So this is not a sneak preview. This is a cold open. Yeah, and there's no dialogue. Like, there's just nothing. We just... Like, I, I restarted it because I wanted to make sure I hadn't missed something. There wasn't anything to miss. There's just paranoia dancing. And then we get the theme song, okay? So, uh, where the episode actually starts is that uh, Shohei is at Jury's place, and he is, is helping he? her make... This is, another, this is one of the questions I could not answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I assumed it's Jury's place. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe they're at the kid's place. So, yeah. So, Shohei has stopped by a place where Jury is. And there is also a kid there. Yes. Masa- Masao. Now, okay. you may wonder, who is Masao? And what relation does he have to Jury? I also wonder. I, I, yeah, I just I had watched that exact this episode twice. <laughs> so, Shohei is making... Dumplings, I guess, and uh, he refers to Jury. Jury, just by the way, I'm only mentioning this because I continue to love how cutesy Jury is when she's not in uniform. Because uh, and she is wearing like two braided pigtails with like pom poms at the end. It's amazing. Yeah, she uh, is in her civvies, and whenever Jury is in her civvies, it is a good look. And I love she's got a yellow T-shirt on, which is like one of the only times this whole season we have seen. One of the rangers in their civilian clothes wearing their proper color. It's very refreshing. Yeah. And again, I just, it's not, it's just that she's such a hard case in like every other circumstance. I love the juxtaposition. She's anyway. E- she's even a pretty like hard case in this situation because Shohei, who by the way has arrived in his like O Ranger jumpsuit. So he is wearing his like a military uniform with a pink uh, apron on over it because he's doing the cooking, and he's like, "Oh yeah, like Jury's very good at a lot of things, but she's a terrible cook." Yeah, and uh, he refers to her as old lady Jury, and she just. Gives... <laughs> I would not want to be on the receiving end of this death glare. Uh, it is yeah. withering. Yeah, so Shohei course corrects like pretty quickly, and he does like a weird little dance, and he brings these dumplings over. So. This kid, apparently, is like a genius. This is what Jury says. She says, well, Masao here is a genius. And, like, look. And we look over the wall, and he has got just a wall full of 100% 
graded like schoolwork. Yeah, this is why I don't think that it's her place. Because yeah, I didn't even think about that, but you're you're probably right. And so he's like, "Wow, dude, that's crazy. What's going on?" And in response to this, Matt just in response to this, yeah, Masao just gets up from his chair. Halfway through eating a dumpling, by the way. He hasn't even finished the first one. And he starts doing this little, like, song and dance routine. And then Shohei, because I think he's trying to be a polite guest and he doesn't know what's happening, also tries to, like, copy him. Like, oh, I guess... I guess we're dancing now? I guess. Yeah, okay. Just, let's just stop dinner and let's do what you're doing, which is a little dance. And Jerry says, listen, the thing that's going on with Masao is that he has recently begun attending this like late night cram school, like this after school cram school, yes. where they are teaching him to sing and dance. And weirdly, one, like ever since he started doing the singing and dancing stuff, all of his grades have gone up like, like it's crazy. Yeah. And Shohei listens to her say this. He's like, well, so he just started singing and dancing, and now all of a sudden his grades are perfect. That's weird. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and Jury's and like, Jury oh, says, um, yeah, it is weird. I, I mean, I was, I mean, I was gonna go check it out. I was planning on, I was already planning on going to check it out. So I'm just gonna do that right now after this. So the next thing we see is the jury has taken Masao to this cram school. So uh, there's like a bunch of kids there. Okay, and their and parents. So all, yeah, and their parents for some reason. And so they all go in. And the kids are just standing around in a completely empty room. Mm-hmm. And then the door opens and Mr. Henna, Professor Henna, Dr. Henna, the robot researcher, like sort of like weird strides in. And he is wearing a multicolored sequined tuxedo. By multicolored, like each piece is a different color. It's yes. not like rainbows. And he has some maracas. And he starts a tape recorder. And he starts doing... And he pre- Okay, real quick. He presses the wrong button. He presses, like, rewind on a CD player, and then it starts playing. I know that is the tiniest quibble, but, like, it's a close-up on the buttons, and he presses the wrong one. You would think that he would at least just look at what he was doing. This was going to be on television. So they're all... I just... Matt, I, I didn't notice that, and I'm so glad that I didn't. Um, <laughs> and so they, so everybody just starts dancing around, and they are say, the words of the song are like, "Hey, hey, hey, I'm a gentleman of Baranoia, which we first will take of all, over the earth." Red flag. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that Baranoia is bad. Like this is not a matter of like this is not like a top secret government thing that like only the Rangers know. Like everybody knows the paranoia is the force that is attacking Earth. Yeah, and the but everybody's is cool with this. In this song, not only are they talking about how great paranoia is, they're specifically calling out how great Acha and Kocha are and how paranoia would be nothing without them. Oh yeah, sorry, the school is called like the Acha Kocha School or something like that. Like it's not exactly the Acha Kocha School, but it's like very close. Mm-hmm. And so Jury says, well, well, that's obviously bad. So once everybody files out, she says, hey, I've got like an O-Ranger emergency I've got to go deal with. Like you just, you go head home and like I'm going to deal with that. So everybody clears out. And then Jury just sort of like loops back 
She doesn't even loot back. She just literally turns on her heels and then drops down into a crouch and sneaks back into the school. And so she hears an argument between Professor Henna and Acha, who is just there. Yeah. And the disagreement is that Professor Henna is saying, all right, like, I fulfilled my end of the bargain. You've got to let me dissect you now. Like, I, I get to figure out what's going up in, like, your weird robot guts. To which Acha is uh, not super into. Uh, he's, like, so, backing yeah. up and kind of, like, towering in the corner. Like, hey, man, uh, listen, I know what I said, but why don't we just table that for now? And then maybe later, later maybe you can dissect me. Okay, here's the thing. Can we discuss Professor Henna for a second? Because he's apparently super cool with selling out the Earth to gain more robot knowledge. Okay, that might be the case, but it it might not be. Let's. There's a bit at the end of the episode that is sort of. Uh, okay, a twist yeah, there is a little. This. But it, right. but again, the thing at the end of the episode might not be a twist to this. I genuinely don't know. Uh, yeah, but remind me at the end that we should talk about it. Okay, so Juri jumps in and she says, I knew this was suspicious. And then a robot spider kind of lands on her, on her neck, and then like injects something into her, and then it becomes a giant spider, and it's Barra Tarantula. That's the monster for this week. Yeah, there okay. is a, a, a sort of horrifying moment where like it's on her neck and it bites her. She pulls it off of her neck and throws it, and then it just lands directly on Mr. Henna's face. And, he, and then he flips out for yeah. a little bit. And, and the horrifying moment there is just imagining a spider being on your face, which is the worst. And yet, yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's... is not the last time this episode I will live that horror. So, and she throws it down and then he turns into it. He grows. So he's got like shrinking powers, I guess. And uh, Acha says like, all right, Barra Tarantula, six, eight time. And he does something and then Juri starts dancing, which I thought was actually, that was very clever. Yeah, so he's like a, a spider dance-based robot. Specifically, uh... Well, the Tarantella. The Tarantella. I mean, that is his, yeah, that is his, uh, the thing. And, you know, I, I would explain why that's funny, except the chief is literally going to do it in 30 seconds, so I'll just leave it for him. Yeah, uh, what, the one other thing to note in this scene where she is doing the Tarantella is that, uh, if you look at her white gloves... They are, like, blackened and filthy, and I have no idea why. It's like she was shoveling coal before she did this scene. It's... Dude, just, the, just last week's gloves. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> so, um, so there, she's, like, trying to do something. The other, uh, the other rangers arrive to save her. There's a fight. Um, the, the fight is inconclusive. Like, they show up, they save Oyelo, everybody's fine. Yeah, like, they, they shoot at Barra Tarantula with the uh, King Smashers, and he gets knocked oh, off right, the yeah. wall... But, like, then he shrinks down again and skitters away, and they can't find him. Yeah. So we go back to the base, and while we're there, the first thing that we see is that the chief notices that there is some sort of, like, there's, like, a little needle trans with, like, a transponder in it in Jury's neck. And he pulls that out, and she's like, oh, my gosh, I didn't even know that was there. That was so terrible. That must be how he was, like, forcing me to dance. It's like, yes, of course, this makes sense. So the chief explains why this is actually a pretty funny joke that Barra Tarantula can do this. He says, he was making you dance the Tarantella, which is an Italian folk dance. 
And the idea is, is that if you got bit by a poisonous spider or a poisonous tarantula, this like, it's like super energetic. This like super energetic dance would like work the poison out of your system. And so it would, and that's why it's called the tarantella. And that's what he was making you do. So I thought that was a pretty funny joke. It was, it is, it is very clever. And it is also sort of too clever because like it, this, the episode needs the chief to come in and tell you this. Yeah, like unless you happen to know that thing, this is this is not a joke that actually works. Right. This is like a one of the writers is like, dude. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We've got this spider monster. We've got this dance school. She's gonna dance the tarantella, and everyone looked at him and was like, why would she do that? What are you talking about? Like, he why goes would on she a big explanation. Do that? And he's like, oh, no, it's going to be really funny because of Southern Italian folk dancing. And they were like, okay, listen, you can put it in the episode, but somebody has to, like, literally explain what this means. Yeah. Um, I actually, I just realized, Matt, I had never actually watched a Tarantella. It's a, it's a, it's pretty energetic dance. I'm watching one right now. I mean, I, okay, does it look anything like what um, Jerry was doing? But, you know, Matt, to be honest, I'd have to pull Jerry's thing up, and I'm just not willing to do that. But, uh, you know, this is definitely an energetic dance. Like, you'd be moving. I don't know that it would do anything for, like, a spider bite, but... Well, you know, listen, it's... Uh, the, the, that is not necessarily... It's, it's good dance advice, maybe not good spider advice. Oh, wait, Matt. So, apparently, Tarantellas are usually in 6-8 time. So, that totally works. Oh, nice. Wow, they really... Somebody got really into... Listen, the, one of the writers is in, like, an Italian culture appreciation club. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no way they just kind of, like, noted did this one. Anyways, um, so the chief explains, like, this is what's going on with the Tarantella. Like, this is what's up. There is still zero explanation, by the way, as to why literally any of this would help improve a child's grades. No. And when we do get the explanation later, it is like it is it's very so stupid. Bad. It's a very, very bad explanation. So, OK, what the, the O-Rangers come to the very simple conclusion, like, well, we need to close down this school. It's an evil plot. Like, we, we cannot allow them to remain in or in operation. And as it turns out, that's actually kind of okay with the with Acha and Kocha, because we the next scene is up on the moon, and they're like, okay, yeah, they found us out. We were probably, like, the song and dance routine about how great Baranoia was is probably That too was much. maybe a, a misstep on our part, admittedly. But, like, we're kind of recalibrating the plan a little bit. Everything will be cool. We've upgraded Barra Tarantula. And you see Barra Tarantula, and, like, he doesn't really look visibly upgraded. I think he has, like, a little more uh, yellow on his costume. A little more paint job, yeah. And Bulldont makes, like, a really, like, biting criticism of parents who put their children in cram school. And he's like, listen, these parents don't care what happens at the cram school. Like, it's okay. They, like, they could not care less. All they care about. Yeah, like, literally all they care about is whether or not their kids are getting good grades. Like, if you just flat out told them, Hi, I'm an evil robot from space, and I want to control your child's mind, but he will get perfect grades and probably get into a private middle school, like, they will go along with it. And to drive this point home, the next scene is the O-Rangers talking to Masao's mother, I think? 
Yes. Um, and, and she's like, dude, I don't care. He has a chance to get into a private middle school. Yeah, they're like, yeah, but but it was being run by by Baranoia. And she says, yeah, okay, but are you going to be responsible for his grades and his like academic progress and the rest of his life? Are you? No, I didn't think so. Like, I am being a good parent here. And it felt so good to see this woman yell at a bunch of uniformed uh, Sentai people because... This actress, Dave, I don't know if you noticed it, this is the chief. I totally did not notice Yeah, that. this is the chief from Jetman. This is, okay, we have seen this actress in all four seasons we've done. Because she That's was the right chief in Jetman. She was um, Ko's mother in Die Ranger. She was a, like, TV reporter in an episode of Cocky Ranger. And now she's got this bit part here in this episode. Dude, I love this element of the Super Sentai series that it just kind of like there is a stable of actors that they just say like hey could you come do like X or Y or Z I, I just think it's a cool it's a really cool little element I do love it I, I just love and especially like when it's great when someone tells me like a couple of weeks ago when someone told us like hey you totally missed that this one that the person who played um, was it Karis was also the actress who played Gara. But when I see it, I feel like... Yeah, then you feel feel super good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like a weird, like, TV detective. I'm right. a detective about TV, not a detective in a TV show. Yeah, so anyway, uh, anyways, to underscore this point, the next thing we see is Masao at school, and the teacher is handing out an exam. And he is just staring at it, and he's like, man, I just don't... He freezes. He's like, I don't think I'm going to do well on this. And so he just does nothing. Oh, yeah, dude, I... I, oh boy, do I know that look. I mean, I, it's not that I know that look from seeing it on the faces of students. I remember feeling that feel. Just like looking at a math test and wondering like, has anyone ever told me about any of this before? I'm sure they have, but I cannot recall at this moment. Anyway, school flashbacks, folks. Um, but what happened next never happened to me in school. Because what is happening to Masao is he is being spied on through like 17 cameras by two separate teams. Yeah, so the Rangers have set up surveillance on Masao to see if they can't figure out what Baranoia is doing. Baranoia has also set up surveillance, presumably to just keep doing what they've already been doing. Yeah, so what, what Baranoia does is they're like, oh man, Masao is going to fail this test. And instead of writing into the episode that somehow they can use, like, this control chip to just implant information into his brain, instead what has happened is that Baranoia has sent down a tiny robotic spider on a string. Oh, very, yeah. And it's not mm-hmm. that tiny. It's, you know, the size it's, of a deck of playing noticeable. cards. Yeah. It's noticeable. That's a very easy way to say it. And it's just sort of chilling out with Masao. And it's just like whispering the answers into his ear. So for this to work at scale for all of the children who are in this same cram school, like imagine if two or three of them are in the same class and the teacher just looks out and sees two or three like weird robot spiders dangling from the ceiling and then just decides that that's fine and doesn't like, I don't know, scream or throw the fire alarm or something. This is what their plan is. Yeah, like, this is... This is the whole thing. And also, like, 
I mean, I guess that the control chips will be used for something at some point to, like, you know, take over the world. But so far, all we know is that it doesn't control their mind, because if it did, they would just put information in the mind. It does kind of control their bodies, but again, it only controls the bodies of, like, these 20 kids who go to this cram school. Like, it seems like a lot of effort for not a lot of payoff for Baranoia. And... There's also, normally we get at least a brief explanation scene as to like, oh, this is how this plan will eventually play out. None of that. Like, Barra Tarantula doesn't explain it. Achen Kocha don't explain it. Like, Bacchus Rat, just nothing. All we have is Tarantula, Tarantella, Cram School. Math quiz answers. Like, that's it. That's the whole plan. So, uh... The rangers do notice that there is some sort of radio transmission. They're like, oh, man, must be paranoia. Let's go check it out. So they run out of their surveillance van, and they've got, like, a portable radio tracker, like, little radar thing. And uh, they're kind of running around, and what they find is paranoia, and they are in the gym storage locker. Yeah. That, that's where they're yeah, they've, <laughs> in the school. They've just set up in the school, like, next to, the like, a pile of basketballs. Um, and they have, like, a little, like, computer set up in there where they are, like, counter-surveilling um, and feeding answers to Masao. And the rangers just roll in and they're like, hey, dudes, what's up? Can't do that. So they fight. And, like, in, in enclosed spaces, apparently, Barra Tarantula is not to be trifled with because he sort of manages to, like, hawk them all out of windows. <laughs> Um, so he throws them all out of windows and I really appreciate that they gave us the 10 seconds that they needed in this fight to show Barra Tarantula kicking and throwing them all out of windows because normally I feel like what we would get is just, they would be in the gym and then there would be a scene of everybody's feet hitting the ground outside and then we would be outside. So I liked the story continuity that they at least gave us that. So now the fight is outside, the Rangers all transform and uh, and then the fight kind of continues. Uh, Barra Tarantula launches. I'm glad that this is a robot monster because it makes this like less horrifying. Because what his attack is is that he just launches a tarantula at your face. Yeah, it's definitely like a half life face hugger sort of situation. Uh, you know, half life is not where I would have gone if I needed a face hugger, but sure. I don't know where would you have gone. Aliens, Matt. Uh, here, here's a fun fact about Matt. I have played Half-Life. I have never watched Alien. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a it's scary a really movie. movie. You should watch it. Um, you know, kinda. It's like a, it's a monster movie. It can The problem can be solved with a shotgun, so it falls in my... I'm fine watching it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that makes have sense. Have I ever explained that rule on air before? I think so. Okay, yeah, cool. I, uh, I, I okay. was hoping that these spiders on their face would uh, do a little like mind controly stuff the same way that the control chip did uh, because yeah, then no, I would don't. get to call them like a Starro style thing. Um, oh. It doesn't really work for the episode. I just wanted to tell you so that you could experience that thought process that I had. Oh, thanks, bud. Yeah, no problem. That's a good one. Yeah, uh, they, none of that happens. He just electrifies them on their faces. Yeah, that's very bad. Yeah, uh, so... They all, they sort of like knock it off and then uh, just, oh, yellow gets nuts with her nunchucks. It's great. 
Like she is not deterred by the. She doesn't get hit. I think with an electric face tarantula. Uh, no, that was only Momo that, and Eugene. By the way, uh, I'm not. I'm never going to be in a band. So if you want to use electric face tarantula as the name of your band, feel free. I do expect to be credited in your like liner notes, but I don't think that's actually a thing that anybody does anymore. Yeah. Um, oh, so, there, there is a brief moment where the show remembers that Yuji is a great gymnast, uh, and he does like a cool little bit of like. Uh, like parallel bar flipping around and does a jump kick. Uh, oh sort yeah, of rem- that was good. Sort of reminiscent of that scene near the end of uh, Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World. Oh, yeah, thanks for bringing that one back. I successfully forgot. Hey man, that. Jurassic Park is back these days. Mm, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, uh, and then Ricky shows up. So that's fun. Yeah, just literally just, out of nowhere. They just look over like, oh, Ricky, you came. Like, they didn't call him. He's just shown up. Yeah, um, it he's like, like, yeah they didn't even am, call dudes. for reinforcements. He just is like, Ricky, now you're fighting me. And then he just engines and then fights. It's rad. <laughs> my my opinion of Ricky has not diminished at all as of, as of this episode. No, although it does kind of make it feel as though this episode was written was originally going to come earlier in the season, like before Ricky was in it. And then they just got to this part. They're like, oh, right. We spent the last three episodes introducing Ricky. We should have him show up. Yeah. So uh, he joins the fight. They kind of go back and forth. The Rangers pull out the Ole Bazooka. And uh, I just, I, I don't know why I sort of never noticed it before now, but the O Ranger like pose and salute is sort of uncomfortably close to a Nazi salute. Have you ever noticed that? Uh, I can't say that I have, Dave. Well, go ahead and watch that episode again, especially when that Obazuka comes down. It's just a little, like their hands are up, inst- like their palms are up instead of out, so it's not quite there, but like it's uncomfortably close. Anyways, uh, so they do Ole Bazooka. That's great. Which would be a great uh, finishing move for Zemi Zayn. That would be a great finishing move for Sammy Zane. Anyway. Um, Sorry, guys. So, it's quarter after 10. That's a little later than we normally record. So I'm just... And it's just I, I feel like I'm getting hot. a little loose. So anyways, uh, so now it's time for Giant Monster. That's great. Uh, they call O-Robo. I think it's really fun that they call the Choriki Mobiles as though they're not also going to call Red Puncher. Like, I appreciate that they maintain the pretense of like, oh, no, we only bring Red Puncher out when we really need to. So they call the Choriki Mobiles, and O-Robo's there. And uh, he also, he just gets a giant electric face tarantula. Uh, well, he gets a net. I thought he got both. Man, I don't know. That's He, uh, he gets either an electric face tarantula and a net or just a net. Either way, it's not super great for O-Robo. They do call Red Puncher. And it and this is beautiful. Obvious. They call Red Puncher, and you know, like Goro teleports from inside O Ranger Robo to inside Red Puncher. Red Puncher is still sort of like mid flight towards Barra Tarantula when he gets hit with a giant electric net of his own and just goes down. Yeah. So what the heck do my notes say? I was using voice to text, Matt, and my notes say here's something I don't understand about Google Note voice to text. It pulls things into text. That not only is not what I said, and I get that because this show has a lot of words that aren't really words because they're made up for a children's television program. Um, but what it like, 
it pulled the word Lontrade. L-O-N-T-R-A-D-E. And that's not a word. No. And then it also says King Perimeter, but it spells it wrong. But it's spelled King Perimeter instead of King Pyramiter. King Perimeter, P-E-R-I-M-I-T-E-R. But it says it that way twice. I just, I don't know. There's a lot going on here. In any case, Ricky does summon King uh, Pyramider, um, which I, I don't, we have not come to a good pronunciation on that one yet, have we? I think we're yeah, sort of no, fighting we back haven't. and forth. I just, there's no, it's it's a weird word. And King Pyramider is kind of lame, frankly. I mean, it's a giant, unstoppable fortress tank, uh, so that's cool. Okay, so when you say it like that, it's cool. When you say, like, I'm just disappointed in the combination, because they don't combine so much as King Pyramider is a very large garage, which we discussed, but... But what I do like is that King Pyramider is, like, two and a half times the size of Baratarantula. He's just truly astonishingly large, and there is a... The camera pulls back, and it's comical. And there is a really good moment where you see Barra Tarantula, like, literally cowering in fear. Like, he was not prepared for the appearance of a of a robot this large. Like, King Pyramider has to point his guns down to shoot him. Uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, uh, so yeah, so then that's that's it. Uh, they kill, they kill Barra Tarantula. Um... And then we, we get, okay, and this is what I was talking about earlier in the episode, because we get a, one last scene with Mr. Henna. So the O-Rangers are hanging out, and Masao is playing basketball with some friends. And Mr. Henna walks up, and he's like, hey guys, I'm from Baranoia. Do you want to get 100% on all your homework? Um, and they're like, dude, like you're very weird. Please leave us alone. Yeah, that would be great if, if we could be playing basketball without you here. Um, and he's sort of like... You know, he, I think he tries to continue to talk to them, and the O-Rangers walk up, and they're like, Hey, Mr. Henna, what the heck? And Goro sees that Mr. Henna has that same, like, control chip in his neck that everyone else did. And he pulls it off, and when he does, Mr. Henna realizes, like, Oh, I'm dressed funny and apparently have been doing this stuff this whole time. So what I'm really curious about is at what point that control chip got put in Mr. Henna's neck. I have no... Okay, so here's the thing. Is why would... If there's a control chip in his neck, why would they have had to make a deal with him to get him? I don't know. The whole thing is weird. But he does stick those two shuttlecocks on his head again. I don't understand. Yes. I don't get it. And he... He refused... Like, and the O-Rangers say, like, listen, Mr. Hanna, um, Acha and Kocha were, like, mind-controlling you and using you to help advance the Baranoia Empire. And uh, everyone almost died. So... You can't hang out with them. They're extremely dangerous. Mr. Hanna laughs at them, puts those suction cup shuttlecocks on his head, and if you think that was not difficult to say, uh, you are wrong. Um, and just, like, does his weird lunge walk away, laughing about how someday he will dismember these robots. It's an unsettling moment. Uh, yeah, it's, um... Yeah, it is very, very weird. Okay, Dave, but that, that that is the end of that episode, but it is not, of course, the end of our episode. Uh, because right now, before we get out of here, we need to determine 
how Barra Tarantula fares in the Creature Royale. Okay, so uh, he's got a fun gimmick. I like that he makes people dance the Tarantella. That's fun. Uh, again, he like I literally don't think he has any lines. So as a character, he's sort of non-existent. Uh, which always, I, I feel like, just kind of puts you down sort of near the bottom of the list. Yeah, you can only go so high on the list if you don't have any dialogue. Yeah. So I am, but I do, he, do, he does have like a pretty fun thing. I am sort of looking in the realm of, you know, actually, Matt, where I'm looking is, it's actually, it's kind of low on the list. I'm looking at Sergeant Cannon. Okay. Because Sergeant, well, he's got a really cool gimmick. Like, I like the idea that, you know, like Sergeant Cannon, remember, was just like a giant living artillery piece. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a fun thing. And he looked pretty cool. And Barra Tarantula looks pretty cool. But... Like, he's definitely better than um, Sergeant Cannon because Sergeant Cannon, like, has his most powerful attack is, like, one artillery shell and then he's done and then he dies. So he's definitely better than Sergeant Cannon. But in the same, like, it's a cool, fun gimmick. I like the idea. You've got a cool look. But beyond that, you're like, you just kind of don't exist. Yeah, I think that's fair. And he gets to do more than Sergeant Cannon, as you say. So I think he should probably go... Uh, let's see. Above Sergeant Cannon is Man of Jars. Yeah, they were in the camera dimension. Dude, who Barra was Man Builder. of Jars? I, lit- I cannot remember, actually. I was just about to ask you that same question. Seems like a Die Ranger monster. Let me look this up. Honestly, dude, I, I cannot find it. Uh, okay, well, I don't know. Um, I guess we liked him better than Sergeant Cannon when we put him on the list there. So, uh, you know, just above that is like Barra Boxer, Barra Missler, uh, fantastic character find a 2016 energy butt. Um, I, I wouldn't put him that high because that puts him again above like Archbishop Saw, who is yeah, not no, like no, no, that no, definitely great, but not. is kind of Emperor Palpatine. So I tell you what, let's, let's do this. I would say since we literally can't remember who Man of Jars is, he's better than Man of Jars. But not better than Camera Dimension. No, Camera Dimension had some cool gimmicks. Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. So, Barra Tarantula is the new spot 113. Man, I wish there were more, like, top-of-the-list monsters in this show. I feel like we're having to drop down to the bottom sort of a lot. Yeah, we are. We are. But I feel like in uh, it'll kind of come out in the wash, because when we get to the boss list, I, I like these bosses quite a bit. And I think, there's, I think Bacchus Wrath has a lot to offer. Uh, that we're going to see later on down the road. I hope so. Anyway, uh, that, Dave, is going to do it for another episode of For Your Eyes, No Ranger. Before we finish up here, I'd like to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentaibrothers at gmail.com. If you want to get any updates on future episodes or check out the things that we're talking about on Twitter, we are at Bros. If you like the show, and I hope that you do, please remember that shining in the iTunes review section, there are five stars. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you find the show because that... Helps us get featured, which helps other people join in on the fun. Um, the Super Sentai Brothers are a production of Retrograde Orbit Radio. If you would like to listen to any of the other great Retrograde Orbit Radio shows, you can do so at RetrogradeOrbitRadio.com. Recently redesigned, I believe. Um, yeah. Anyway, once again, we are the Super Sentai Brothers. I'm Matt. I'm Dave. And we'll see you next week for the greatest show on Earth.